celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. And uh, we'll go to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. We do have a pretty big show, so we've got to get moving here. I just saw this story. I'll mention this later on. Thank you for giving this to me, Judy. This is a story about somebody uh, who was in debt, and uh, they had a lien on some of their property mm-hmm. uh, because they were in debt. And mm-hmm. the property that we're talking about is an animal. So we'll talk about this in Ooh. just a couple of seconds mm-hmm. right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, i got a couple of things in this really big shoe, as you said, Hal. Yes. In one state, no matter how heinous the act of animal cruelty was, the person could only be charged with a misdemeanor. And I mean, they could if it was your first offense, you could do anything and get away with it. What's just a misdemeanor? They've changed that now, and we'll tell you about the state. And a really special story on whale vomit. Oh, I love special stories mm. on whale vomit. <laughs> uh, you probably never even considered the value of whale vomit no, before. I really haven't. didn't know there was a value to it. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. Of course, this is information you'll only learn right here on Animal Radio. Also on the way, Robert Simro, he has his top lists. And this week, a very serious subject, pet cancer. And he had two animals that would have been or could have been saved if he had diagnosed them early enough. So he's going to help you with some of the signs that he missed with early stages of cancer in his animals. So that's on the way. You ready to go to the phones? You ready, Dr. Debbie? Yeah, let's do that. You got it. And you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Let's go to Connie, who's calling us from Central California. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. What's going on? I have a 22-year-old um, male cat um, wow. who has now started, yeah, he's now um, urinating outside of his box. Okay. And this has been going on for about five months. Okay. And I've tried various things for him, like separate potty boxes. I've got three other cats. Uh, they're not outdoors. They're indoors, but they also have, like, a cat run. And um, but he doesn't use the box. He just wants to go outside of it. And it seems to happen during the night, not so much during the day. So he's getting near the box. So is he in the general vicinity? It's, it's, the box is up against one of the walls in the room, and he'll just kind of pee alongside the wall. So it's probably about I don't know the length of him. It's like a, like maybe a foot and a half in terms of. The pee length. And has he ever done this kind of behavior before? Um, he hasn't. Like I said, he's 22, and it started about probably five months ago. Wow! And I, I tried the different sprays, you know, on the on the patio, uh, wiping it up. I've Cloroxed it. I mean, I've tried numerous things, and he still seems to go to that one area. Now okay. I've also seen him, you know, pee outside of his box when they, and outside in the patio. He has also done that too. Okay. Well, I would have to say that a lot of times when we talk about cats with elimination problems, if they're peeing or pooping in the wrong place, um, a lot of the history, we get into some really in-depth questions about how many cats there are, the litter, the locations, all of this kind of stuff. But for for you, I have to say that this call is a little bit different. Um, One is because your cat is really in the senior, senior cat year. So this is the... um, grandma grandpa cat of all time so there's some a very high likelihood that we do have something medical that could be 
triggering this? He's been to the vet. They've done blood work on him. He is on thyroid medication. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have anything to do with it. Well, um, potentially. The, the things that we see in a cat, of you know, anything really over the double digits, so in the teens, when we have a cat that's not right. eliminating in the right spot, there's more than just checking blood work. So there's a lot of the, and I'll just kind of run through my list of potential causes, and you can kind of think about it, because it's going to be hard okay. through the conversation to figure out exactly in your pet situation what we're dealing with, because it really takes a hands-on okay. approach. But older kitties, we've, number one thing I see is actually that they have arthritic pain. And cats don't verbalize pain well, but a lot of times, they'll make some some sincere efforts to try to use the litter box and try to use it in the right place, but they just don't quite do it. So you might have a cat that eliminates just a little bit outside of the box or sometimes that tries to perch on the edge, but things kind of fall out the the side of the box. And that's the kind of thing we really look at more with x-rays to try to document that. And in some cases, I don't care. I'll try treating them with glucosamine because it's such a benign medication that that can help a lot of kitties with um, arthritic pain. Um, some of the other things that we'll see will be other types of pain. So if we've had any kind of recent intestinal problems, constipation for number one is a really huge problem in older cats. So um, if we're struggling at all to use the box, sometimes that will cause a negative uh negative memory so that when they're in the box they really do what they can to kind of get out of there quickly or to just try to avoid it completely so that would be something and a lot of senior cats i'll use um, miralax as a stool softener just to ensure that they're pooping and if your kitty's not pooping reliably once a day then that might be something to check with you know your veterinarian there Um, If we're dealing just with urine accidents and not making it to the box, then in an older kitty, really anything that causes urine excess. And by that, I mean anything that will cause a cat to drink a lot and create more urine volume than they normally um, can handle. And that might be things like kidney disease. Uh, liver disease, or even diabetes. So that's where, you know, lab work is valuable to help look into that. And then, you know, the old things like infection, yeah, definitely a concern. But, you know, if your vet did a urinalysis and they didn't see anything, you know, it may or may not be an issue. But also the other thing kind of out there and, um, you know, is things like cancers. You know, we definitely can see problems that cause not just in, say, the bladder and the colon, but things that can affect their general strength or the nerve function to their hindquarters. So that's what I mean. There's a lot of things that can cause this. And I think it would really be, you know, trying to check for some of the simple things that we can check for um, outside so of doing. My first step. I would certainly say that, you know, speaking to your veterinarian and making sure you bring this up with them because, you know, they have their hands, he or she has their hands on your kitty and might have some gut feelings. Though a couple things that come to mind is you've mentioned that your kitty is hyperthyroid, so has a high thyroid level. And with that, um, a lot of times we do watch for kidney problems because as we effectively treat the thyroid problem, we can actually uncover um, a kidney problem that's just kind of been brewing under the surface that we don't always see. So that would be one thing to check some blood and urine there. The x-rays, I think, are a very sound thing to check that lower spine area, look to see if the colon is overly distended or we're having any kind of issues there. Um, So those would be some of the starting points. Now, around the environment, some simple things to try would be to 
pull a litter box away from the wall and put it in the center of the room, right in the traffic flow, and to make sure that we make it as appealing and as simple as possible. And for my senior cats, it's very important to offer low threshold litter pans. So even stepping up into those normal litter pans can be too much for them, just because of the little aches and pains that they have with age. So um, under uh, bed plastic storage containers can be a really useful way to present the litter, and it makes them lift their legs a little bit less. So that can be a a little bit more accommodating for the senior kitties. Um, But those would be some things. The other things we think of, um, and it's usually a little bit more willy-nilly about the elimination problems in in an older cat, can be cognitive problems, which is actually kind of kitty senility, um, where they actually kind of lose their ability to remember what their plan was supposed to be when I go to the bathroom. Um, and, okay. and it sounds like your kitty's kind of going in the same area, so that may or may not be still something to consider. But, um, but there are some supplements that we can use for that as well, um, if we're suspicious okay. of that. All right. So we've got well, a little bit of work to do, I think. And <laughs> Okay, I really appreciate you taking my call. Um, I was just concerned about him and wasn't sure what the right direction that I needed to go into for this. And your situation is so different with a 22-year-old cat. So my answers would be very different if we had a two-year-old cat. So I think that, that's uh, that's definitely a really important thing to, to consider here. Thank you so much. No problem, Connie. You are definitely doing something right. 22 years old, pretty amazing. I Heck yeah. Not heard about that <laughs> in a long time. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, it's Alan Cable. How much do you love your pet? A couple in Texas is trying to sell their home so they can offer a $50,000 reward for their dog. Me and my wife, we've never had any children, and I guess maybe that, that dog is a replacement for a child. that We had him, you know, for five years, and, and I got all those memories, but we just want some more, you know, for greedy. That man's name is Charlie Parker. We just want another day, another week, another month, another year. One thing's for sure. We all need to love, and we all need to be loved back. And there's nothing more powerful. So besides giving a dog a home, what's the greatest gift you can give? Well, being a great dog owner. And what does that mean? It means understanding and satisfying your dog's needs, learning to communicate with your dog. How do I do that, Alan? Dogs need these four things. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. You're going to have to learn to communicate like a dog. And that's done with body language, not with words. Last week, we were talking about the most common dog behavioral problems. We covered barking and chewing. Let's talk about separation anxiety. If a dog has separation anxiety, he might get very anxious right before you leave. He's going to want to follow you around constantly, touch you whenever he can, and when you leave, a lot of things can happen. He might start chewing up your couch, going to the bathroom all over the place, barking. To change this behavior, modify it, and desensitize your dog first requires you to become a calm, confident, trustworthy 
worthy, consistent leader. When your dog looks to you for leadership and can depend on you, the anxiety level naturally is reduced. Then you can start to teach him that, yes, you're leaving, but you're definitely coming back. In the dog world, the leader of the pack is the only one who's allowed to leave without permission. So if you're not in charge, when you leave, your dog gets all anxious because you're leaving without permission. You can begin by locking your dog in a crate and paying no attention to him for about 10-15 minutes. Then just leave. Come back in about a half hour. Pay no attention to your dog for 10-15 minutes and then let him out of the kennel. Don't talk to him, though. And then over time, lengthen the amount of time you stay away. Your dog will learn that you're in charge, you're leaving, and you're coming back. And because you're not making a big deal out of leaving and coming back, your dog will learn to be calm while you're doing it. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now, and with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 Hi, this is Iron Chef Kat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Within the next 45 minutes, Robert Semro with his list this week about pet cancer. And of course, pet cancer affects about 50 to 65% of animals, wow. a lot of animals. Uh, he has himself, well, he hasn't been a victim, but he had animals that have, uh, two that have died of cancer. And if they were diagnosed at an early age or early stage, they may have been saved. So he's going to try to help you with some tips on diagnosing early or, or signs that you need to go to your vet. And that's just right around the corner. Joey Volani, what are you working on? Well, it's the time of year everyone takes their pets out swimming. Um, yeah. And we're going to talk about, you know, what the certain types of water, being ocean, pool, and lake water, what they can do to your pet's coat. Oh, I have so many and questions we'll about, about that. that, too. Because I hear about lakes and all of that. I hear lakes are horrible. So we're going to yeah. get the the actual information, the down low on lake water for your animals with Joey Villani in just a few minutes. The dog father. Lori Brooks in the newsroom. What do you got coming up? Well, coming up, there is a new idea that's coming to fruition. It'll be on the market next year, I believe. Uh, but I saw this on Kickstarter. It's a, a new way to brush your cat that will give you a bigger, better bonding experience. Oh, I cannot wait for hmm. that. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio, but let's go to the phones for your calls. First, hey, Barry, how are you? I'm great. I've got a wonderful question for you. Okay. It's going to save my life. Okay. How can I get All my right. dog to stop barking when people come to our front door? 
Okay, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop because when you say, how do I get my dog to stop barking? It's like barking <laughs> is, there's joy in barking. Dogs enjoy it. It's the way they communicate. Um, they, they, they do so much with it. There's the alert barking, territorial barking. There's, hey, mom, I'm happy to see you. Um, so there's a lot of reasons for barking. Um, if it's specifically to the context of when people are coming to the door, um, there are ways we can try to diminish that. Now, what kind of dog do you have, I should ask? He's a five-going-on-six-month-old Scotty, and he's got a okay. mind of his own. Oh, they do. Scottish Terriers are stubborn to all end. They really are. They're, they're fabulous dogs. But So some of the things that we would look at is really to um, kind of train him to not think that someone coming to the door is a big deal. So what I like to do is, one, I like to teach um, a replacement behavior so that when someone does come to the door, he has an alternate behavior that we're going to do. And that may be something as simple as teaching him to go to a pillow um, and rewarding him at that pillow. Um, So that's something that we want to practice when there's not a stimulation, there's not someone at the door. Um, So part of your training is really to give him a command to, if he knows his sit or his down, that'd be great because you can teach that to a pillow and reward it throughout the day. And um, and he has to hold that. That's the other thing. So down, stay, and then like a wait or a stay. And then you release him at the end of that. So that's an important thing to have that skill down and work on that. Now, one important thing I I do, like is sometimes when you go to give a treat um, and you walk over and put it by the pillow where he's been sitting, a dog will get up. So they do make little remote treat dispensers. Um, Judy, I don't know if you remember the name of these. I'm, I'm pulling a senior moment here. <laughs> um, but they're basically activated and you have a little clicker. And when the dog does the behavior you want, you click and it dispenses the treat right next to them in a dispenser. So that's a really great way to reward from a distance. And that, that can help you go a long way. So then the other thing you need to do is then really work on the things that are triggering the excitement when someone's at the door. So there may be a knock, or you may have the doorbell. Ding dong! So those are sounds that attract a dog's attention, and they're going to bark just because, oh, what is that? So the ways that we're going to work around that is to try to get a visitor to come without involving any of those noises. And that means you have to plan for this ahead of time. Have friends, family members, and you're going to ask them to, hey, when you get close to the house, give me a call on the cell phone. Sometimes not the house phone, because then they'll pick up on that. Um, And then just say, let me know when you're coming, and I'm going to open the door before you come in, I'm going to have my dog on a leash and we're going to practice our sit down and we're going to reward as soon as that person comes in. And that becomes the the positive thing. So we're rewarding for someone entering and there's no sound associated with that. Then we'll work up to where maybe we'll just have the person um, come to the door without any doorbells or knocking and you open it after they've arrived. And then as long as we're not overly reactive, we're not barking, we're not getting worked up, then we reward that behavior. So if we right. go along this pathway and, you know, we're getting a lot of barking, we want to we want to have calm, quiet visitations. So I can tell you, at my house, this happened last night. <laughs> my brother-in-law came over for dinner, and my dogs love him. So they see him through the door, they're barking. So I go to grab the doorknob, and the barking goes crazier. So what did I do? I stepped away from the door looked at the dogs, made them get into a downstay, and waited to open the door until they were quiet. Mm-hmm. 
So if they're carrying on, we don't want to reward them with seeing that visitor. Right. And so that's where if you start to get kind of the pushback and then you get the barking, okay, we need to stop this exercise and go back a level um, to where we're not having that kind of uh, barking um, with the, yeah, with we the visitor can do the arriving. We can get him to sit down, but he continues to bark. So it doesn't matter whether he gets to the door or not. He just wants to know what's there and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's, you know, you're going to get some of that with terriers. I mean, they are such vocal beings. But really, if you can teach him uh, restraint and that he can actually learn to settle, that's a very big step. You may still have barking, but we want to try to make sure he's not in an overly anxious state. And that's sure. what we don't want, because that's when you're going to get okay. more barking and more vocalization. So uh, right, terriers well, are never going to be quiet, so <laughs> we can't make it go away completely. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your call, Barry. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. An Australian brewing company has incorporated rare and expensive whale vomit. You heard that right. (laughs) Whale vomit. They've incorporated it into a special new beer they're making. Who even knew about whale yeah. vomit? Yeah. Well, apparently it's excreted by sperm whales. And most commonly, there I mean, there is a big market for this. It's used in perfumes to make the scent last longer, the scent of the perfume. Hmm. But I have to wonder about the scent of the beer because the brewery owner says the whale vomit, quote, Adds a pungent, animalistic aroma, full body, caramel, malt, and fruity flavors, and very balanced bitterness to this beer. Yeah. It sounds like I will projectile like the blowhole. You might. You know. I I don't know why he doesn't. I mean, instead of. You know, wasting all that money on the beer, which it sounds horrible. Um, why not sell it to a perfumery or something? Because that's what inspired this. Um, How do you collect there was it? A, there was a couple, I think it was in northern England. They were walking along a beach and they found like a, I think it was about a paper plate sized lump of whale vomit i don't even know if they knew what it was yeah how would you know i wouldn't know whale vomit if i saw it if i stepped in it but it was kind of unusual looking and for some reason it looked hardened in the picture that i saw of it and they're getting now for this lump you know paper plate size about seventy thousand dollars whoa 
That's yeah, a lot of vomit. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, me too. Be sticking my finger down the whale's throat. You know? <laughs> Just make sure it's whale vomit. <laughs> a sperm whale vomit, that yes. is. Now, what do you do to make your cat happy? I'll let you in on a few secrets. I used to build cat condos out of anything and everything. Pretty like cool. Tablecloth over a nightstand or, you know, just Cardboard wherever the cats box. were feeling yeah. comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Paper bags, yeah. whatever happened to be around. Now, you probably groom your cat, right? Sure. Because my Parker loves being groomed and he loves it so much. I mean, he will scream at the top of his lungs and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. You want brushed. And he will headbutt me while I'm, you know, come on some more, you know, do my, and I use a flea comb on him. Really. It's not a brush. Uh, my other cat, Jackie, she loves me to hold her and, um, she, you know, her, her legs are on my chest. So she's facing me head to head. And then I rub my chin, move my chin back and forth on the top of her head between her ears Aww. and she loves that i've done that since she was a kitten and i did that because she was dumped off in a walmart parking lot in rural pennsylvania and i ended up with her and i thought she needed some love so anyhow all of this goes to cats love that bonding thing when you do for your cat what you know other cats do for them so there's this new something on the market or going to be soon anyhow that has taken jackie's delight to a whole new level it is called licky brush and it's not even been released yet really but you can see a video of it on kickstarter or go to licky brush l-i-c-k-i brush.com it's a tongue-shaped cat brush uh, hard to picture i know so but yeah you actually hold the handle in your mouth it's in got like mouth? a little piece yeah you hold you put this little piece oh, in your mouth boy. and then from this piece there's like uh the cat brush which is kind of like a rubber mitt you know and it it hangs down and it's got these little knobby things all over it <laughs> and it acts like a big tongue <laughs> and you you know with your your mouth, pretending like this is, you know, your extension, your tongue. You groom your cat. Uh, Hal's drooling. He wants one. I can I w- tell. I guess it's not <laughs> a brush cool? you share with friends, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah use here. Want to borrow my brush? <laughs> uh, rinse it off. So let me get this straight. It's a it's a brush that's in the shape of a tongue you put in your mouth and you brush your cats with. You can it? groom your cat. Groom exactly. Your cat? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. You okay. it. Do you have yeah. the information on that? I'd like to. Can we see if we can get these people on the you phone? You want to talk to them? Yes. Okay. It's right here. Okay. Right before here. we go today, I want to talk to the people that invented this. Okay. This well, let's crazy. see. I'll, I'll get them on the phone. I want one. It's a Kickstarter campaign, so oh, it's wow. not out yet. But Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. I'd love to know more, too. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. We are uh, heading to, where are we? Is this going to be Kentucky we're heading to I'm right now? I'm not sure. With Bridget Bruyere. Bruyere, how are you doing, Bridget? I am in Kentucky. You are in Kentucky. And you do something kind of special there. You uh, rescue what? Native wildlife. So no dogs, no cats, no pets. It's all animals that would be naturally found in Kentucky. Okay, so I got to think there's got to be possums, lots of possums. Yep. Possums, bats, foxes, beavers, a lot of raccoons, a lot of squirrels. Were you on the show Bandit Patrol? I was, yes. Have you seen the show? I knew it. (laughs) I love that show. Yes. Oh, yay. That's awesome. I I can't say that I've ever heard. What is that, Lori? We're lost. It, It was all women in Kentucky who rescued 
all different kinds of wildlife. You know, everything from skunks to raptors, eagles and owls. It was amazing. It was a great show. When's it coming back? Oh, unfortunately, they did not renew us. You'll have to just try to catch a rerun. Now, I understand, and Judy came in, she came in screaming to the studio about a week ago. She says, I booked the guardian of Justin Bieber. And I was like, Justin Bieber? She, no, this is apparently <laughs> Justin Bieber that we're talking about, yes. who's a beaver yes. that you rescued? It is, yes. JB, as we call him, or Justin Bieber. He has been with me for quite some time. He came in just a couple months old. So very tiny, still being bottle fed. And he was supposed to make his way to our uh, rehab center, but we were a little slow on the draw. We had to raise quite a bit of money for his enclosure, get the pond built. So we're just finishing that. Well, now, how did you say he came to you and what did he knock on the door? Did someone bring him to you? What was wrong that he ended up at your doorstep? Well, he was. He was not quite old enough to have his driver's license, so somebody did drive him to me. He was found as just an orphan baby, one single beaver. Most likely, unfortunately, his parents were either shot or they were drowned. Um, when people mm. find beavers, they don't always love them around, and uh, they're not very tolerant on trapping and relocating, so they are trapped underwater, unfortunately, mm. so um, they do drown. Yeah. How long do beavers live? I hope that he lives uh, almost 20 years in captivity. They don't live quite as long in the wild, of course, because they're exposed to potential risks that uh, they don't in captivity. Now, I would imagine he can't run around loose. Otherwise, your furniture would be chewed up. Oh, well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's very chewed up. I've only been in this house. Um, just a couple months longer than JB has been with me. And it used to be very nice. And almost every doorway, door, baseboard has been chewed on. My antique furniture has been chewed. And this is with me closely supervising him. Oh, no. How often does he have to swim? Um, I put him in a bathtub about five times a day. Wow. Wow. That's a full time. It is full time. It makes it difficult for me to go out in very long stenches, but um, he'll have his own pond that he can go to the bathroom and dam up over and over throughout the day. So does he try to dam up the bathtub? Oh, yes, he does. That's the first (laughs) thing when he gets out of the bathtub. It's really kind of a funny routine that we have developed. So I I know when he needs to go out, his regular times, and he does make some sounds that um, if he's asking me that he really does need to go to the bathroom. So I put him in the bathtub, and he hops on the ledge, but he won't get off the ledge. I have to lift him down. I towel dry him, and then he turns around and finds something to dam up the uh, bathtub. Like shampoo bottles and and that kind of stuff? Shampoo bottles, if there's a towel on the floor, the bathroom rug he uses, a stuffed animal, socks. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing laying out, he'll find it. I want to set the scene because listeners can't see this. We we do have a picture. We we are Skyping with Bridget. Uh And so we do have a picture of what she looks like and and her surroundings. On the wall behind her, uh, a couple of pictures of, it looks like an opossum. Is that correct? An opossum family? 
That was an opossum. Let's see who do I have. Oh, that was an opossum that, that we had for a long time. His name's Big Boy. My volunteer team got together and had that painting done for me. And the other ones back there, there's three skunks. They are our permanent resident education skunks. I call that uh, picture my three sons. <laughs> you can't see, but believe it or not, I have my son and my daughter on the wall right next to them. How do they feel about all of this? Are they gung-ho with mom's animal rehab no, not at all so um <laughs> they do not love the animals in the house uh, to say the least um jb is regularly damming up my daughter's door so sometimes she tries to open it and has to move stuff out before she can fully <laughs> open the door so who pays for all of this we run solely on donations okay it's very difficult to continue to raise our uh, our funds to take care of all these animals and how can someone donate and help you out? They can go directly to our website, and there's links on there. They can um, send us a check via the mail. Our address is on there, and we also have a PayPal account. And, and that, our website is secondchanceswildlife.org. Secondchanceswildlife.org, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Well, would you go give, I guess, the nearest wild exotic animal that you have there a big old hug from all of us at Animal Radio, okay? I sure will. Thanks for having me. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Mm. Mm. Always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. We have one cat here to prove it. Here, hold the cat up to the microphone. <laughs> Learn more over at redbarninc.com. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. What kind of critter do you have? Uh, she's a black lab. She's almost, she'll be five in July. And... Awesome. All right. I'm a black lab lover myself. Oh, good. Um, We've got a little problem with her being overweight. She's about 90 pounds. Okay, yeah. But she rides, she's rides. she been riding with me in the truck over the road since she was six weeks old. And I okay. try to exercise her every day, throwing the tennis ball like five or six times a day we do that. I mean, she runs and runs and runs, and she just keeps on putting the weight on. All righty. Well, I mean, so at the other times of the day, then she's riding with you and just kind of sedentary, kind of chilling? Right. So the big thing I would have to say is being a Labrador, um, uh, now I always talk body condition, so numbers to me don't always ring as true, um, but if she's a 90-pound and you can say as her father, you could say, yeah, she's heavy, <laughs> then, then I trust that um, because the body condition is by far more meaningful than any number on the scale. So if you put your hands on her chest and you feel like some... Uh, fatty resistance before you can actually feel ribs, you know, then we, then we're talking that, yeah, we're carrying extra weight there. And if we don't have a nice little inward turning hip when you look at the top view of your dog or the side view, um, then yeah, then we're probably in the overweight category there. So the big challenges for you would be, um, you know, limiting your calories 
and then increasing your exercise. So I like the idea that you have tried uh, doing uh, retrieving and playing ball because that is a great way to help expend energy. Um, so we want to remember that for the same kind of formulas for us, about 30 minutes to 60 minutes of continual exercise. So ball playing may not be able to <laughs> fill up that whole time, but leash walking um, and other types of physical activity, swimming would be wonderful. Those kind of things. Yeah. And you know what? That's such, it, it exhausts them. It really burns up the calories very wonderfully. So uh, swimming and retrieving for me would be some of the big ways to kind of help burn down her energy level, um, kind of tire her out, and then maybe also supplement that with a little bit of walking, leash walking along the way. Um, right. But calorie-wise, we really got to watch what you're putting in the, in the, the doggy's gullet. Um, so if, if we need to get on a serious weight loss program, then I like to go into some of the therapeutic uh, weight loss diets. Well, I've, I've switched her over to a, a, a healthy weight and more expensive stuff. And yeah. I only give her a half, uh, one cup in the morning and one cup about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. Okay. Now, I'm going to caution you because with some of the, you know, there's some great foods out there on the market that are marketed as a weight loss diet. The problem that I have is that for real true weight loss, we really ought to have um, your veterinarian involved in kind of supervising that. The problem becomes when we take weight loss foods that are sold on the general market and we restrict the volume for our pets, we can actually cause problems. Um, by decreasing the amount you feed, you can limit not only the calories she's taken in, but also the nutrients. So we don't want her to be um, nutrient deficient, and we also don't want her to end up feeling hungry and unsatisfied. So uh, I would certainly uh, check with some of the different local vets in your areas what kind of prescription weight loss foods they have. There's different ones by Purina, Science Diet, Royal Canin, Iams, there's oodles out there, but really to get on one that is made for weight loss. And the idea those foods have higher fiber. They may be supplemented with carnitine to help burn fat. Um, and those are going to be my best recommendations for diet. And we really look for maybe only 1% to 2% body weight loss per week. So we're going for gradual. We don't want to make her hungry and make her frustrated in any way. Um, the other thing you might look into, um, and for any retriever especially, I'm always suspect with this if we're talking weight issues, is to have her thyroid level screened. Um, it is a common cause of weight gain in many breeds, um, but also um, especially in these Labradors um, where we can just kind of not maybe eat a lot, but just kind of pack those pounds on over time. Um, and I would certainly personally wish for a thyroid problem to, to lose weight uh, if we could all take a magical pill. But, uh, you know, if that is a problem, okay. I would hate for you to miss that and uh, not have that evaluated. Now, I had her I had her spaded. It seemed like she put on a lot of weight on, on right after that. Uh-huh. Is that common? Well, what we have to remember is basically when we're spaying a dog, we're changing their metabolism. So it can lead to weight gain if we don't change our feeding habits. Uh, so I definitely recommend uh, pretty much the day a pet is leaving my office getting spayed, we have that talk about metabolism. And any lady that's gone through menopause uh, or ended up with a hysterectomy will attest that it is hard to keep the weight off afterwards. And we can run into that with our dog. So don't continue to feed her like you did when she was... Um, 
um, you know, a young juvenile. We really just have to limit the calories and, and make sure that we keep her activity level up and, uh, you know, keep that in mind. So it's not a reason not to spay, just to know that it can happen and we just need to kind of get ahead of things before, uh, you know, they pack that weight on. And, you know, one other thing you might try, you know, even, even things to keep her occupied and busy and keep her mentally stimulated in the cab of the truck would be um, some of the different interactive toys. And, and you might throw some of her food in, into those uh, uh, different little toys. If she's into the Kong toys, there's Busy Buddy um, is another oh. brand. And, and you can hide um, the food items in there. And it, she kind of has to work to get them to fall out of the different uh, toys. And it kind of right. keeps them occupied, mentally stimulated. And, and really, we make it so easy putting that food in front of our pets that this is a great way to, to make her kind of work for it, if you will. Okay. Uh, another question I have. She expects to treat every time that she goes to the bathroom. That's my fault because I... Every time? Whoa, every time she goes to the bathroom? You said every so, time she goes to the bathroom, right? Every time okay. that I get out of the truck and I come back oh, in, okay. you know, I give her a, a biscuit. Now, I used to give her the medium-sized biscuits. I cut her down to the puppy ones. Okay, well, here we go to the nitty-gritty. Now the truth comes out, Rick. Now I know what the problem is. Definitely. She's being over-treated. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy. No fillers, just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food, simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you uh, are just joining us, last hour, Lori reported on a story of a company, or a, a couple actually, that is making a tongue that you uh, insert on in your mouth, like those little wax lips that you used to get at the carnival, and it allows you to lick your cat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Groom your cat. <laughs> I, I misunderstood the story. I thought it was just a tongue you just like wiped on your the, cat. You didn't realize it fitted in your mouth. Yeah, yeah you hold it in your mouth. It fits in your mouth, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we heard that story last hour. I figured we need to find out what is going on. We need to get to the bottom of this. So Judy has arranged to talk to, I believe, one of the co-founders in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. What else are you working on, Lori? Uh, a great story. This dog was at the vet's office, and we've all had animals that we had to, you know, let go over the Rainbow Bridge and, and yes. how sad it is. So there's this dog at the vet, and they're getting ready. I mean, he's got an IV in his arm. They're going to put him down. And at the last minute, they it's like, whoa, wait. They find something. Ooh. And the whole thing is called off, and it's just a happy ending. We'll tell you all about wow. it. Wow, an 11th hour yeah. save. Okay, yeah, it that's, was. that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Uh, let's go to the phones. What do you say? Well, hello, Jan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Where are you today? I'm in Vernon, Texas. Vernon, Texas. Which side of Texas is that? Which side of Texas? It's close to Wichita Falls. Is, is that where you live? <laughs> We're on the border. We, we live out in the country. Okay. Well, I have Dr. Debbie here. I hope everything's okay with your pets. What's going on? Um, we, let's see, she's about three years old. We've taken her to the vet. 
quite a few times. They had her on antibiotics two rounds, and her Did, skin would be inflamed. Jan, Jan I'm going to back up. This is a dog we're talking about? Yeah, I yes. didn't catch that. Chihuahua. I wasn't sure. Okay, what kind of dog? How old? Three years old in Chihuahua. A Chihuahua. Awesome. Okay, so what do you got going on with your baby there? Uh, she's inflamed. Her skin is, and she scratches a lot. And they put her on two rounds of antibiotics. Um, she had an odor, and he ended up cleaning her teeth. And then um, that seemed to help. But then her skin got inflamed again, and she's still scratching. Um, mm-hmm. We have okay. a, a antifungal shampoo that we used for several months, and I don't know that it helped, but he gave her two different allergy shots, and that kind of helped on the itching, you know, the scratching and all, but it's kind of like she's done all that, and she's still having problems, so I don't know if we need to get blood work done or what we need to do. Okay, yeah. Now, and you're, you're describing that she's, at the time that she's itchy, does she also smell at the same time? Yes, and her, her hair will get oily if you don't bathe her at least twice a week. Okay. Yeah, and and definitely I'd say here, you know, blood work might be useful to see if we've got any potential um, hormonal problems like a thyroid problem or other health issues going on. Um, but when I pick up an odor, and a lot of times when a dog has just a, I don't want to say stank, but yeah, when they have a stank to them, um, and they're actually having itching, scratching, all of those type of signs, there's a lot we can do by looking into the skin surface. So um, I'll take a slide, look under the microscope, see what kind of critters we might have growing. Because a lot of times, if we're picking up a smelly odor and we've got some redness on the skin, it's very possible we have some infection, whether it's yeast, bacteria, or what have you. So when you said you're using an antifungal shampoo, um, that makes me wonder if they were concerned that maybe she did have something like a yeast infection, which can be yeasty and stinky and smelly. And if, if anyone knows what a, an infected ear smells like when it has a yeast problem, dogs can get this all over their body anywhere. Um, so it can really produce a pretty potent smell. So that might be something that I'd be looking at doing is check for yeast on the skin. And if possible, we may need to get her on an oral um, anti-yeast medicine. Um, but I definitely like the idea of checking blood work. The other thing I would definitely look into doing is getting her on a hypoallergenic diet because a lot of these skin problems, allergies, infections, they can be rooted with a sensitivity to certain proteins or ingredients in the food. And that kind of starts the whole cascade of itch, redness, infection, itch, redness, infection, and it goes on and on. And well, we had as far her on as the wellness dog food, and that was supposed to be an allergy type dog food. Then we switched her. And she's on potato and duck. So I don't know where to go after that. Yeah, I mean, and if you've tried a couple avenues down that road, um, there are different ways that we can go at food allergy. So you were kind of trying what's called the novel protein approach to food allergies. We can go to a hydrolyzed protein diet. And there are some really good ones out there where they're actually the proteins of the food are go through a special process so that they kind of trick the pet's immune system so that they can still eat the chicken protein, if you will, and not show an allergic sign to it. So that would be one thing you could do, but it's a hydrolyzed protein uh, that you might want to look into that with your veterinarian. And then the, the heart of it is to get a sample from the skin. And, you know, I know Hal always says I like to look at the gross things, the ooey things, the gross <laughs> stuff on the microscope, but it really can, to empower your veterinarian to really work with you to try to find the right steps, the right solutions 
solution and the right medicines or shampoos because that makes a big difference. So commonly I hear people getting upset. Oh, my God, I spent $200 at the vet and you didn't do anything for me. Well, sometimes if we don't have the right direction and we're not given that lead of which, which path we're going down, we can spend money pretty easily for you. But it may not be in your pet's best interest or might not be the most effective. So definitely it's well worth looking to those simple skin tests that your vet can do, and I'd encourage you that way. Okay. So hopefully we'll get your baby so that we're not getting that smelling and feeling good there. Because this is a rough time of the year. All these pets are out there scratching and itching. So yeah, I know. It seems like one out of every five calls right now is about uh, allergies or something is. this it's time of year. such a big time. Yeah. So you're not alone. We're all there with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling you from Los Angeles. You guys are having way too much fun out there. Yeah, we we are. <laughs> so what uh, what do you got going on? I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Yeah, I had a quick question. I was listening to your program being broadcast early this morning in Los Angeles, and there was a lady that spoke about a German Shepherd and how he was distempered in his rear hind legs, and he had some spinal condition. I also, too, own a German Shepherd. He's a vibrant fellow. He's three years old. His name is King. And uh, I know that in the future... I'm going to have to anticipate some type of hind problem because that's what they're typical for. Uh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear you anticipate what the German Shepherd experienced some some problems with his hind legs because they're known for having problems yeah. with their hind legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so my question was: is knowing that that's going to come in the future, is there some form of insurance that you can purchase for your dog for medical situations? Because having to take them to the vet gets very expensive, and just to have mm-hmm. to outright pay that kind of cash. It's very expensive, and I want to give the best care to my animal that I can. I just always, I can't afford it because they're so expensive at the veterinarian now. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? It's great that you're thinking ahead because you know, a lot of people don't anticipate those big bills when they come up. And, you know, there's a lot of great advances we have in veterinary medicine, but they come at a cost. And, um, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of these things can be price prohibitive, um, if you're not ready for them. So right. with any breed of dog, my recommendation is I do recommend pet insurance and I prefer to get a, a dog or a cat into that when they're young. Preferably as a puppy or a kitten, because number one, your rates are going to be the lowest then. And also you haven't set any kind of patterns of pre-existing conditions because once your dog say has a problem with allergies or ear infections, that's already documented in the medical record. And those may not be covered if you sign up for insurance later. So the best advice is get into insurance early. Um, and then your question about some of these big problems in shepherds like hip dysplasia, um, you have to be cautious because if you are hoping to have that kind of insurance help you for a specific condition, you really need to check the pet insurance carefully. There are different exclusions for both hereditary conditions and pre-existing conditions. So if, for example, you were to tell me you went to the vet down the street and they told you your dog has hip dysplasia right now, and then you try to get an insurance policy after the fact, it's very possible that a company might not cover it at all. Wow. So some conditions, if they're treatable, they will, even if it's pre-existing and it's been noted before, they may cover it. But it depends on the company. It depends on the condition. Um, so it's something I'd have a hard time telling you, blanket, which one to go with. Mm. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind with some of these different um, 
pure breed diseases and, and hip dysplasia is very common in German shepherds is that that has a, a hereditary base. So it is passed on from generation to generation. So they may have an exclusion base on that oh. as well. So what I recommend, you can do this stuff online. It's, it's very easy. You go to the different pet insurance um, websites and you can go through and ask for a free quote. And um, it's very easy. You get a little annoying email after the fact, but you can always unsubscribe subscribe if you don't want that. <laughs> um, but it's a really good way to kind of price compare. And then once something is looking like it's in your budget, I do suggest to get someone on the horn and add those specific questions um, for those conditions. Do they usually charge a higher premium for animals that might be predisposed to sort of, you know, the luxating patella or these? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do. In certain breeds, like, you know, for instance, the English Bulldog, a fabulous breed, but uh, they're a veterinarian's good friend. <laughs> they're oh, really? in okay. all the time. So wow. um, as a breed, yes, you're going to find a higher rate. And that's why when you get these quotes that you're putting through, they're going to ask you what breed, what age, and not only that, but where you live in the country. Because how a veterinarian practices in uh, Los Angeles or Las Vegas might be very different than a remote part in Arkansas. So the cost of the veterinary care may be different regionally. So they're going to kind of uh, base that on your region there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn Chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. We're going to head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Also, a check of the news just around the corner with Miss Lori Brooks. What do you got coming up? Well, something really interesting. They've done some new research, and coming up, I'll tell you about it. There's um, at least three breeds of dogs that you should not spay or neuter before they are one year old. Otherwise, it leads to several different things, but the biggest thing that they're really concerned about now is uh, joint disease. Wow. I've heard about this, and it's such a controversial subject, depending on who you ask. Uh, so you'll have the 411 on that. Also, Absolutely. Uh, around the corner, we're going to uh, be visiting with a guy who's, uh, and this was reported on the news last hour. Uh, it's a in- girl. It's a girl? Yes. They've invented a tongue that you put on your <laughs> put in your mouth. It's a big cat tongue, and you groom your cat with it. You lick your cat You lick with your it. cat with <laughs> yes. it. Yes. And uh, we just had to get these people on, so they'll be on in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. If you've ever been in debt... 
I, I know I have, especially when I was young, you know. I know. I, you don't answer the phone. <laughs> because the, the, the debtors would be calling all yes. night long. And, they, and sometimes they even take liens on your property, like they'll take a car. Mm-hmm. This is a story out of Moscow, and the Moscow Times reported that in May, bailiffs in Russia, employing originality not seen in America yet, in attempting to collect an overdue debt, they arrested the debtor's cat. What? They, they took, took his the cat? cat? They took his cat, which is property. Uh, pretty much all around the yeah. world, animals are property. And the bailiff uh, said the feline's value was equivalent to 23 bucks, $23. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, fortunately, the man came up with some the very next day and took the cat home. Oh, at least so, it had wait, a happy ending. Wait, was it for, like, a veterinary debt? Or was this just for, like, hey, I didn't pay my parking ticket? Yeah, yeah. Thing, just so. a general it, debt. I don't know what he the crime was. He had nothing else to take. Yeah. Not that it matters, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow. But apparently the guy didn't have anything else. It says here that um, they looked in his house and or in his apartment and all of the other property was in other people's names. So they took the cat. And uh, very interesting that that's and of course, that's in Russia. So that's not yeah, here in the U.S. Yeah, let's be clear on that one. <laughs> so the moral of the story is to register your pets in someone else's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you worry about them. Much. And what if the person that you're registering them in is even worse yeah. and they don't keep up with their parking ticket? <laughs> Interesting stuff. They don't do that here in the United States. That's, that's that would, catnapping. That is. That's not. Well, that's like taking the family. Yeah. Although they probably right. could do that because they're property. But I've I've never seen that happen. No, in the I've never United heard States. of that. Wow. Yeah, you may have some people not paying their bills anymore. If that was the case, <laughs> Take come <them>. get them. <laughs> I don't know because then if you throw in the emotional attachment, you know, I mean, I would say, I mean, it would pay off all my debts. I mean, because <laughs> the amount of, of emotional attachment to have my pets, you know, my mortgage should be done. You know, yeah. I'll let you borrow my dog for a little bit, take yeah. the mortgage away, but I want my dog back. <laughs> Now, we all love to groom our animals, some people more than others. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to this guy who's invented, I guess we're going to talk to one of the gals from a company who's invented a tongue. A A tongue? A tongue that you can groom your cats with. You know, it may work. Cats groom each other. They may like, you know, the feeling of us grooming them that way. Yeah, I've never seen a cat take a mat out of its hair yet, so... So how are you doing? What's up in your world? Well, you know, this is the perfect time of year to start talking about swimming. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, they take their dogs to the lake, to the pool, to the ocean, and, and everything's good. And in most cases, it is. But you know what? It comes sometimes with some problems. So let's start with the easy ones, which is salt water. Salt water is probably the easiest on your dog's coat and skin. Um, because it's, it's, you know, similar to our, to our own body, um, which has, um, you know, saline basically. But you still want to rinse it out of the coat because excess salt in the coat itself, it's gonna, what it's gonna do, it's gonna build up. It could cause irritation, but what I found most of all, it causes matting, um, because it stays in the coat. Yeah. Now a lot of people think just by rinsing the coat that it'll be fine, but really you want to get in there with a shampoo, shampoo it out, condition your pet and send them on their way. Now, some people say, well, what if my dog is swimming every day? You know what? It's Number one, it's a pain in the neck to bathe every day. But if you did it once a week or when if your vacation is shorter than that, you know, um, if it's three days after that last day and you know you're going home, the dog is not going to swim anymore, then I would, um, you know, do it then. 
Pool water is the same thing. Pool water, even though it's you know clean for the most part, the chlorine will build up on the coat, yeah. and the same thing will happen. Now, two things happen on dark colored breeds. You'll notice that the um, coat will start to lighten and sometimes almost get a reddish tint. The other thing is it's also going to cause matting. So you want to get that out. And most importantly is lake water. Now, a lot of dogs swim in lakes and never have a problem. And then you have other dogs that swim in lakes and they end up seeing the veterinarian for months because they have all kinds of problems, bacteria, infections, and all that, depending on what they come in contact with in, in the lake itself and really how sensitive their skin is. So, again, I would use a nice, gentle shampoo. It doesn't have to be an antibacterial or anything like that. You just want to clean the coat when you're done. Rinse it nice and clean. You know, you'll have a happy dog that will be happy to swim all the time. And, you know, you'll have no problems. I'm keeping my dogs out of the lakes. I just hear too much about I know. That. With all that algae and all that stuff that they can ingest and become really ill. And some even die from it. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. I mean, there's things that you don't hear about are the skin infections that um, that they get from lakes. Um, you know, just from the bacteria. It's the dog father, Joey Volani <laughs> on Animal Radio. I forgot where I was. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now, and with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A new study published in the journal Veterinary Medicine and Science finds that neutering or spaying German shepherds before they are one year of age will triple their risk of one or more joint disorders, especially for cranial cruciate ligament or CCL tears. The study was done at the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine, very highly respected school. The lead researcher said 
They found simply delaying the spay-neuter until a dog is one-year-old can greatly reduce the chance of a joint disorder later in their life. Another study two years ago, by the way, revealed a four times greater increase for joint disease is also true for golden retrievers who are spayed or neutered before being one, and a two times increase, the same thing for labs. Now, that's because neutering removes hormones, which play key roles in important body processes like closing of bone growth plates. Now, there are, of course, trade-offs, as in, you know, almost everything. The study found mammary cancer was diagnosed in 4% of intact females compared with a less than 1% of females who were neutered before one year of age. And on the subject of urinary incontinence, common in older dogs, of course, it was not diagnosed in intact females, but 7% of females neutered before one year of age did have it later in life. Dog owners in the U.S., of course, you know, typically choose to spay or neuter their dogs before they're six months old, in large part to prevent pet overpopulation or, you know, hoping to avoid unwanted behaviors. Animal activists in China recently rescued 200 dogs that would have been killed for the annual Yulin Meat Festival, which again is going to be held this year, June 21st. Now, despite worldwide outrage, global social media coverage, and 100,000 Chinese citizens who are protesting the event inside the country, the festival is going to be held again this year. But because of the sustained pressure the world has put on China for this, the number of animals killed for the event has dropped about 80%, they say, and that's according to Animal Asia. The people of Yulin have celebrated the summer solstice with the so-called dog meat festival since the 1990s. A visiting medical student at an Oregon animal hospital found a tick behind a dog's ear. You know, you think that's no big deal, but this happened right before she and a veterinarian we're getting ready to put a dog to sleep over his ailing health and paralysis. The owners of little 10-year-old Ollie the Sheltie noticed that he was lethargic and not getting around well at all after a hiking trip in Oregon. So they took him to their regular vet for tests, but they couldn't figure out what was wrong. A vet student said she thought it was kind of odd that Ollie still had, you know, this sparkle in his eyes, even though he couldn't move. His expressions were lively and he was responsive, even though he was completely paralyzed, unable to eat, or even go to the bathroom. So they were getting ready to euthanize Ollie, and the student was comforting him. And while she was petting him, she felt this kind of strange little lump behind his ear that turned out to be a tick. So thank heavens somebody looked. This tick was very bloated, and they said there was a lot of tick fecal matter around it, so it had obviously been there for a while. The vet said that was when he figured out Ollie's sickness was a very rare condition called tick paralysis. The saliva, which is secreted by the tick, then got into Ollie's system because it was there over a prolonged period of time and affected his neurological system and caused that paralysis. Hospital staff removed the tick, They shaved most of Ollie's body then to make sure that there were no other ticks that were hiding in his fur. And about 10 hours later, 10-year-old Ollie was back at home roaming around the house and waiting to be let outside the door to go potty. (laughs) 
Wow, that's wow. an incredible story. That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a tick. Yes. Wow. Have you ever seen tick paralysis before in your practice? You know, I personally have never seen it, and it is a pretty uncommon condition. And but it, we know it happens in uh, dogs. It happens in people, in cattle, and sheep as well. So it's something to think about if we have a, a pet that's. Um, all of a sudden kind of down and not using their back legs, especially if they've been around ticks in the last five to seven days. It's kind of interesting that yeah, they it, didn't realize it. was it. a week for him. Was it a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a week earlier to the day that they had him at the vet that they were going to put him down. He had been out on a hiking trip. And he was even wearing a flea and tick collar, those gross rubber things that you put around their necks. Oh, oh come on work. now, Lori. Do you really think he those really... all work all the time? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't I don't know. Matter. I've actually seen humans wear them on their ankles in the woods, but uh, you know how yeah. we feel about those chemicals. Well, in the, what I think is so interesting is that you know not all ticks do this, but certain ones will produce a neurotoxin that causes this type of effect, and it basically causes a paralysis in the back end, and it works all the way up to the front, and it'll shut down the breathing centers, and they can't breathe. Um, so it, it's really an extreme condition, but if your dog has ticks and something like this comes up, then certainly by all means the ticks need to come off immediately. And it's just a m- miraculous um, response. Once they come off, the animal, usually within just a matter of a couple hours, is already doing dramatically better. You know, once I was walking through the woods, yeah, and um, didn't think anything of it. And next thing I'm, I'm looking at, I'm pulling ticks off me everywhere. Oh, wow. None of them were in me. Okay, but. When I went to go to the bathroom, okay, on one oh, of no. on my male private part, he oh. was totally embedded in there, and he must have made his way right up my shorts, through my underwear, oh. and um, do you know what it was like having to think about having to pull him out? But it wasn't that bad. Wow. Oh, and you did it yourself. Well, what was I going to do? <laughs> wasn't, I definitely wasn't going to the hospital and say, hey, doc, take a look at this. <laughs> I remember finding one on my head when I was in second grade in the classroom, and it was like, oh, something itched, and I scratched my head, and I felt it, and I grabbed it, and I pulled it off, and I threw it. And I don't know where it went. I don't know if it went on another kid, or I don't know where it went. All I know is I just grabbed it and threw it across the room. Oh, boy. I'm Laurie Brooks. Be sure that you get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Simro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, Top Daily Pet Cancer Awareness Tips. Pet cancer awareness is more than a month-long event for me. In fact, it's been part of my life for several years now as both of my dogs developed cancer. Zoe had successful surgery to extend her life, but still has cancer. And as some of you know, my best friend and my inspiration, Sugar, passed away just 10 days after being diagnosed with cancer. So for me, cancer is more than something that millions of dogs and cats get. It's something that changed my life and my pet's lives forever. I want to keep awareness going for everyone that we care about. The numbers are staggering and the impact is numbing. To begin with, there are more than 100 types of cancers found in pets. Cancer can be found in our pet's skin, bones, breast, head, neck, lymph system, abdomen, and testicles, just to name a few of the more common areas. There's a lot of places where it can occur and present itself, thus the importance of the weekly snout-to-tail checks. 
And if you get that unfortunate cancer diagnosis, it's not necessarily a death sentence these days. In fact, work with your vet to find the treatment program that fits best for you and your pet. There are many ways to treat and address cancer in a pet. Many of them are terms that you've heard for human patients, including surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, cryotherapy, and hypothermia, and many others. And I know that when Zoe was diagnosed, it was at an early stage, and her vet noted that I was a vigilant pet parent to notice it. That would not have been the case without speaking to so many wonderful, devoted experts in this field and listening to them about what to look for. So to pay it forward, I'm sharing a few common signs that should raise concern and spark a discussion with a qualified vet or specialist. They are abnormal swelling that persists or grows, loss of appetite, weight loss, loss of energy or stamina, difficulty in breathing or going to the bathroom, or bleeding or discharges from any body opening. All of these should naturally raise a red flag that something's out of the norm and you need to discuss it with your vet. Again, don't panic or get wildly emotional as your pet, your vet, and your family need you to have the strength and clarity to be the pet parent they trust you to be. Sadly, this occurrence is something that many of us will experience due to a variety of factors, and there's no simple answer to the question we'll all inevitably ask. Why and how did this happen? Thankfully, there are many ways to address it and many who are working on even more solutions. The word cancer is scary and devastating, but I leave you with this gem from Alfred Lord Tennyson. Tis better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Be aware of the signs and seek out solutions for your individual situation. And never forget how lucky we are to have them in our lives for as long as they are with us. Share your pet cancer stories and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Dogs or cats, horse or emu. Studies are showing that the common goldfish may be a lot smarter than we thought. Nine-year-old Kyle Pomerlo agrees. Kyle and his dad decided they'd try to train the goldfish to do something. They first bought a finger soccer kit from a dollar store and rewarded Albert with food every time he swam near the net. As soon as Albert got the net trick, they added a ball. Soon Albert was trained to push the ball into the goal for a treat. The father and son training team have heard from so many people eager to learn how to train their own fish, they've now started selling fish training manuals from their fish school website. They say it takes about five or six training sessions a day for about three weeks to teach most goldfish how to swim through a hoop. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Now, people that know me know, Uh-oh. know that I love my kitties a lot. I'm a cat guy. I'm like that um, You're crazy the old cat guy. single cat guy type of guy. Yep. And uh, I'm proud of it, actually. 
I spent a lot of time with my cats. Uh, I don't use any kind of uh, chemical flea treatment on them. So I spent a lot of time combing them and grooming them mm-hmm. to, to make sure that they don't have fleas. And I have a lot of fun. It's a bonding moment for me. So when I saw this Kickstarter campaign, <laughs> I figured we got to have these guys on. Uh, it's a, well, you know what? I'm going to let them explain what it is. I have Tara O'Mara. Really? Tara O'Mara from Licky Brush on the phone with us. Hi, Tara. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Tell me about the invention, the Licky Brush. Sure. Well, it, you know, if people haven't heard of it already, it, it went viral last week. Sure. So it's been a lot of fun. The Licky Brush is a brush that you can put in your mouth and it's shaped like a tongue so that you can lick your cat. And the reason behind that is so that you can engage in the grooming ritual with your cat. Okay, so <laughs> let me get this straight because it's kind of, it's hard to visualize without, uh, you know, the picture. I'll hold up the picture to the microphone, but otherwise it's it's a tongue. It's a, I assume, a plastic tongue that you can groom your cat and you put it on your tongue or you put it in your mouth and you groom them. It's got little this. knobs on it, it looks yeah. like. Little light, well, so yeah, exactly. So it has a little bite. It reminds me of those old like wax in. lips. You would kind of bite on those, and it would have like a tongue hanging out of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so I guess the first question comes to mind: um, How do you invent something like this? And was anybody intoxicated at the time that this was invented? This this is a, a very unusual idea. To ask us about that, about whether there was any intoxication involved, <laughs> there was not. We are maybe just that crazy. So, we, um, me, when I say we, I mean me and my husband Jason. Um, we are just always trying to think of ways that we can improve cats' lives. We are kind of looking for the next big way that we could change cat lives, especially indoor cats. But um, you know, sometimes they're socially isolated, and grooming is such a central part of their day. And we watch our cats groom each other. And it just seemed obvious to us to invent this, something where we could lick them back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, how does the cat react? (laughs) The cats love it. That's what really clinched the deal for us. So the first prototype was super simple uh, kitchen sponge that Uh was cut out to be the shape of a tongue. And we tried it on uh, two of our cats, and they really liked it. One of them was into it right away. The next one was, he was a little tentative. He just kind of looked at us wondering what we were doing. But then he really got into it and kind of rolled over on his side for us to continue. And I got to say, it's really sweet, especially some cats are okay with you holding them in your arms, kind of Uh like a baby. And it's really sweet to be able to lick them like their mama did when you're holding them like a baby and they look right in your eyes and you can look right in their eyes. I can't imagine what my cat would do. My cat probably would freak out. I would. Oh, I know you want one, Hal. Well, of course I want one. So, but they don't exist yet, or is there? They're in prototype. You have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now, right? Yeah, that's right. And people can help support the project um, if they go to LickyBrush.com. It's L-I-C-K-I Brush.com, and um, it's in pre-production. The final version will be made of a soft silicone uh, rubber that is all one piece also and it's going to be of a pink color so that you know you don't fool your cat they really think it's your tongue <laughs> so so how is the because uh, they'll be fooled how is the uh kickstarter campaign going is it uh what are what are your goals and what have you raised so far yeah it's 
going really well. So we launched them maybe about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, and our goal is 36,000, which might sound like a steep number, but our minimum order with our factory is 2,500 pieces. Sure. Um, and we have a detailed budget on the Kickstarter page if you go to LickyBrush.com. But so our goal is 36000 We are currently at 26000 So we really wow. only need 10000 more. And our Kickstarter campaign is still going to run for the next 26 days. I like how you uh, you call it the Lickstarter campaign. That's, uh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, and I know I'm coming across a little crazy serious. No, 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 no. Not at when all. You, when you experience it. <laughs> When you experience it, you get it. It's just so, so cool. It's so fun to do with your cat. Yeah, and they, then you don't get but the fur balls either. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, that mouthful of hair. Hygienic. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone was licking their cats with their tongue before. Yeah. Oh, you don't know how. Uh, well, this is this is very exciting for me and for uh, people like me all across the country who want to lick their cats. Check out the <laughs> Kickstarter campaign. Over at, uh, well, first go to the website at Licky Brush, and it's L I C K I Brush.com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. And from there, you can head on over to the Kickstarter campaign. I wish you and Jason uh, the best of luck. Tara O'Mara joining us and her husband, Jason O'Mara, who have invented the Licky Brush. I'd like one for Christmas. I'll tell you what. I bet you yeah. would. As, as you noticed, the groomer stayed very quiet on the other hand <laughs> because. Very, very skeptical. Um, I am picturing the cat that doesn't like it, that has your eyeball in its claws. When it doesn't like it, when you have your face right on top of that cat, yeah. I am would be very, very leery. I don't know. Just, just a groomer and me. I well, know. also, you know, it takes away from your business if you know people are grooming their cats with their tongues. Listen, yeah. let me tell you something. If I have to start worrying about people licking their cats um, clean. Then you know what? Then I better find a new profession. My question is: Is do I need to lick him in the same place as he licks himself? That's all. I just want to know. Have yourself a great week. Bye 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 bye. Until next time, have a good one. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.